This is Comms Day Live. I'm Graham Lynch. Welcome to the show. Um, we've got some interesting, uh, interesting topics up for discussion on um, today's podcast. We'll be talking a little later with the head of a fascinating company out of Perth in Western Australia who are making waves in the international data centre market. We'll also be catching up with Rowan Pearce, our managing editor, who went along to a big Microsoft event in Sydney this week and found out all the things that Telstra is doing in artificial intelligence. But first up, um, NBN uh, reported its half-year results this week um, for the half-year end of 31st of December 2023. The results themselves were nothing remarkable, some, some modest revenue growth, uh, increasing EBITDA, um, but a, a widening loss um, you know, as, as debt repayments increase and, and um, the company is obviously ramping up its capex for its Fiber Connect program. Now, I spoke with the CEO, Stephen Rue, and specifically about um, the fact that Fiber Connect is ramping up, that um, they're doing about 7,000 orders a week now. And I asked Stephen if he expected that rate of growth to continue into the current half. Uh, Graham, I'd like to think so. Um, in fact, there was one week in December when we actually had um, just shy of 9,000 orders. Um, so I, I would think that with a combination of uh, retailers being now in market, um, retailers having um, done the work they had to do on their systems, plus the fact that we released a lot of footprint in the last quarter, yeah. uh, you, you will see momentum build in the market further. And I would expect that that 7,000 average will lift and now that we're, we're out of Australia Day, we're, we're back to school, I think we'll start to see a lift in, in, in the number of orders per week. And that will obviously will result in the number of connections that we then physically do on a week-to-week -week basis. Yep. And will that, will that be appreciable enough um, to make a difference where it counts? And that's on, on the bottom line at the end of the financial year. And that's in terms of things like increased ARPU, more adoption of higher speed plans, that type of thing. I don't expect it to uh, materially move ARPU this year, um, Graham, because of the law of averages. Um, we we said on the call that we expect ARPU will be flat for yeah. this year, so it will be $47 for the year to June. It was $47 for the half year to, to December. So we won't see an appreciable lift this half year because of the law of averages. But I do think that we will start to see um, – you know, more people move up to those higher speed tiers. So over time, we will see our revenue lift. Yeah, okay. What are the main operational challenges with Fiber Connect? You know, it's, it's a difficult economy out there and, you know, you've got labor force yeah. issues and supply issues and all those sorts of things in the mix. Yeah. What have been the big challenges so far and, and which continue to manifest into the, the, this current half? Yeah, we, we, in terms of supply issues, we, uh, uh, forward planned and we were concerned about any um, challenges in getting in, in getting supply to Australia's shores so we in, we we've got the inventory available from a supply point of view um, the the challenges currently are things like poor weather in Queensland where we we need to divert resources to um, to communities that, that clearly have suffered either cyclones or 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 um, uh, storm conditions. Um, 
in other parts of the country there are there are some labor shortages into into the um, into this type of work so there's a need to actually source labor um, hmm. both of those are very typical of Graham when I think back to the last 10 years there have been times during the the bill program and the migration program when these sort of issues arose and, and get solved and there are there are issues in terms of um, how consumers are made aware of the work that will be done. Um, uh, consumers are, are aware of um, helping consumers with where they should have modems placed so that they get mm. you know, a good Wi-Fi experience. Um, but also processes in the field uh, will, will continue to mature to help us to get um, more efficient and do more jobs per day. Um, all of these are normal in scaling program activities, though, and, and as I said, I've seen this before. Mm, mm. Okay, moving to the SAU, and that's now been in place for a couple of months. Um, and ha has that gone the way you expected? You know, you, in terms of RSPs embracing the new spread of pricing, and in terms of um, how it's perhaps changed behaviour in the marketplace. Um, I think, Graeme, the SAU um, has been a, a real watershed for the industry and, and of, of all the achievements this half year, um, yes, there's been operational and financial achievements in line with what we said, but completing the SAU was, was arguably the most important thing in this half year. And the in terms of how it's gone, if the implementation has gone, um, there was significant IT work that has to be done both at our side and also retailer side. Um, things like billing needed to be um, shored up so that we, we had accurate billing um, back to, to retailers. Um, and, and all of that, I think, has gone very well. Um, we're mm -hmm. pleased with the um, reaction from industry and also our, our own team has been able to implement um, not just the new pricing, but, but some of the way we priced changed as well with, with changes to overage and changes to CVC. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the, this is a time now for, with, with more certainty in the industry, for, for us all to work increasingly close together. And I think we're seeing that, Graham, and I'm, I'm pleased with the way that our teams are interacting and the way that we are um, working to to um, take costs out of the industry, but also to provide better and better customer experience and better and better customer education. And, and I can see real green shoots of all of, all of those things happen. Now, moving on. There's a company over in Perth, they're called Zella DC. That's sort of a, a Z or a Z, depending on what part of the um, English-speaking world you come from. Um, they've been around for about 15 years. Um, maybe not as well-known as they ought to be, but they've been making waves in, in a particular space of, of uh, miniaturized or modularized data centers. Um, and this week, they've announced a big tie-up in the US, which should see them um, building up their business over there. I caught up with um, co-founder and CEO, Angie Keeler, to find out all about them. So what we specialize in is edge-enabling solutions in the micro data center space. 
So what we have is a comprehensive range of indoor and outdoor microdata centers and scalable containerized data centers. So what that means is that we cover all aspects of um, edge data center infrastructure requirements. And what we offer is a standard turnkey configuration. So that means it's uh, ready, to, uh, ready for swift deployment and installation absolutely anywhere and everywhere. So into any kind of environment. And what we do is we enable the secure and the reliable and the controlled environments that you need for your IT and OT equipment, rack-mounted infrastructure, absolutely everywhere and anywhere. And over, you know, over the last, uh, we say over, over, you know, with the expertise that we've obviously gained over the last um, decade, but now it's actually more than a decade, it's about 14 years now, we have deployed our micro data centers into uh, worldwide locations from, uh, from Australia. Um, and, and what we've done is because we send our micro data centers into absolutely any type of environment, we have managed to deploy these uh, micro data centers for enterprise customers across the globe into all kinds of um, environments. And at the same time, of course, meeting all of their diverse requirements that they require that they need um, in these industries. And of course, as I've mentioned, environments. And what we actually do, uh, we do really, really well is we excel in overcoming the unique challenges that are associated with the edge and with any distributed deployments, um, providing that standardization and, of course, in a proven solution because we've been doing this for such a long time. Right. And, and from what I can gather, part of the appeal of what you do is that you, you can work in both indoor and outdoor environments. Is that correct? Absolutely. 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 We started out in indoor environments, but still offering IP65 rated mm. um, solutions. We then swiftly moved into outdoor and then into the containerized environment. And so yeah. that's what makes our offering so unique, because we, uh, we understand all of these environments and then have subsequently given the customer the opportunity to have a standardized solution across these different environments within which they find themselves. So they have no idea what their environments are going to be like in all these different, uh, you know, across uh, geopolitical boundaries, countries, you know, they would like to standardize that and they would like to be able to know that it, it can work in, in every single environment. And that is what where our unique um, offering lies. Yeah, and I'm just looking at um, your list of case studies on your website. And yeah. the spread of your customer mixes, it's quite incredible. I mean, it's, it's ranging it from the government of Liberia to gold mining yes. companies, um, yes. the Papua New Guinea air services. You, know, you, you, yes. you, you seem to be in every continent in the world. And you've, done this, and you've done this all from Perth. I mean, it's quite, yes, quite an amazing story you've got, haven't you? <laughs> Yes, it absolutely is. And I think, you know, I have to pinch myself quite often um, to remind myself as one of the co-founders, you know, such a journey we've been on. But that is what it sets us up for now for the U.S. market. You know, when I was actually just recently over in New York and, and we were saying to one another, you know, amongst us all there, 
it's really uh, it's really important to ensure that you've cut your teeth in all the other markets around the world and ensure that you have all of that experience, that knowledge, those use cases, so that when you go into a market the size of the U.S., you are ready for that market. You know, you are you're ready for it, and you um, you can, without a shadow of a doubt, say we've been there and we've done that. And that is exactly what, um, what where we find ourselves now. I mean, look, we, we're a market leader in this space and we have been for quite some time. And as you notice, we have been servicing the globe and, uh, and have been doing so successfully um, for, for a number of years now. And we have maintained this lead because, of course, of our innovative approach to what we do. We're consistently innovating, and that's what keeps us ahead of the pack. And it's important for our customers to know that we take whatever feedback they give us and we pour it back into what you see today and what you will see in the future. And that's very exciting um, and exciting for a market the size that the U.S. is. And I, I tell you that... Um, you know, we've we haven't even you know we haven't really announced it yet because of course if only, I'm just talking to you today. But we already have had sales in the U.S. and we've got insane interest from the market. Um, you know, over the recent years, so it's it's a pull. It's a next logical step for us to move into such a, um, a, a such an important market. So let's talk about how you're doing this. You're doing it in partnership with a New Jersey-based yep. company, CNC Technology Group. Tell us a bit That's about right. them and what they bring to the equation. So what it is is that, you know, uh, we really gave this quite a bit of thought as to, you know, where, we, where we're going to go and, and what, it's, what it's going to look like. And, um, you know, for us, they've got such an enormous um, history, an, an amazing, um, you know, background in, in the space. And, and they, they've been around, I think, for 30 plus years in this in this particular market and being on the eastern seaboard that was also really important to us as well because you know um that's where the majority of the decision makers are you know that's where um that's where your entry into this uh, market will really take off and, and take over and for us their expertise their um their their knowledge their networks who they can tap into really just as a natural player we pull in with our expertise our uh, you know, where we've been in the world and then to say, look, we've been there, done that, and it's a natural progression then for us to then launch into into the U.S. It's very exciting. Yeah, indeed. And um, will this be the first of other relationships or is this an exclusive partnership? No, this will be the the, the first of other. Um, and, and look, in that particular in that particular region, you know, we'll we'll definitely, you know, you you want to solidify at first, but um, this this particular is exclusive to certain certain geogra geography in that region. Yeah. But certainly, the first of many to come. Well, moving on, we're joined by the Managing Editor of Comms Day, Mr. Rowan Pearce. Welcome, Rowan. Hey, Graham. Now, um, you you are headed off to a big Microsoft shindig in the Sydney CBD this week, and uh, where all the talk was about artificial intelligence, and, and, and uh, in particular, some announcements of Telstra. Tell us all about it. 
Yeah, it was it was very interesting. It's it's actually um it's exciting to go to a tech conference again when you need some kind of uh, flashing lights and pounding techno music to really get you going in the morning. Um, but it, like you said, Telstra was kind of one of the um you know the key uh, uh, Microsoft customers focused there, and um group executive. Kim Crow Anderson um, actually gave a bit of a briefing to the press on the sidelines about some of the kind of like artificial intelligence uh, technologies that um, Telstra has been using internally. Um, and so it, it's quite interesting as well. He declared that uh, 2024 is going to be the year of impact for AI at Telstra. So, so far it's been about kind of like, you know, these pilots, but these pilots have been successful enough that they're kind of prepared to scale them across their staff. So there are a couple of um, ones that he spoke about. One is what's called a one-sentence summary, which basically draws on kind of um, information about a customer and interactions with a customer from across Telstra and just puts into a kind of concise, presumably one-sentence summary to kind of guide um, you know, further interactions by frontline staff with them. So, and the other is called um, Ask Telstra. Um, and, and Kim Kim said that they have, like Telstra has something like, you know, 2000 internal manuals. Like it's got a massive internal knowledge base and so what Ask Telstra does is it kind of like, it searches across all these um, different documents as well as other sources of data, combines it all into a kind of a, a database that can be queried using natural language inquiries. So it lets people like, in a, you know, Telstra start getting an easy answer to their question. So that's going to be rolled out again across like frontline staff. So um, and a couple of interesting things um, from Kim. One is that um, like these, they're not, they're not using AI, or they're not scaling their use of AI based on the kind of like the vibes of the thing. I, I think you might have used that expression even, but it's actually like data in terms of like, you know, what staff have found is actually increasing their productivity. Um, the other thing is it's kind of like there are more pockets of AI activity happening in there too. Like one at the moment, Telstra is trialing um, uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot and also GitHub Copilot. So, and one, one interesting little anecdote was, um, uh, Kim, Kim actually said that he'd started using uh, Copilot to support his writing writing emails, and he kind of indicated that his emails have typically been quite curt. But his colleagues actually noticed once he started using AI to, to help him write these emails. So, so obviously a kind of a marked difference there. And just actually, the, the, the other thing I should note too is that um, I, I did ask him about uh, you know the use of AI in network operations, which is not his area, obviously, but he's he's got an interest in it. And he said that Telstra is definitely looking at ways that they can use AI to actually support their network. Um, one one particular example he gave is that it gets millions of alarms every day across the network, um, and just trying to like I guess interpret and prioritize and figure out what's important in that kind of like needle in a haystack situation. So very interesting stuff. Mm, okay. Now um, Telstra Purple also made an appearance at the event and talking about how they're using AI. Um, in, a, in a very interesting area in sustainability. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, so it was uh, Richard Higgins from Telstra Purple spoke on an ESG um, ESG panel, and obviously ESG is like a very hot topic at the moment. I think, um, and I guess Telstra um, Telstra has been very hard at work, kind of burnishing their ESG credentials, particularly in the kind of climate area. Like we know, for example, climate, uh, Telstra went climate neutral in its operations in 2020, um, saying 100% renewable energy by 2025. So Higgins, like, a bit about the kind of technology that they're using that supports it, but they also want to actually take to their customers. Um, particularly, they're using kind of Microsoft Sustainability Manager to track their carbon emissions. So that's pulling in a phenomenal amount of data at the moment. I think he said something like 25,000 bills a month 
plus four years of historical um, energy use data and kind of combining that all into the kind of one interface. Um, but that, um, he, he said that's started to experiment with some of the features that uh, Microsoft has been, uh, AI features that Microsoft integrating currently in preview that are basically ways of like looking at these massive amounts of data and then like trying to identify, you know, what are the outliers, what are the trends and what are the correlations that you might not spot if you're just, uh, you know, if you're just a, a, a lowly human like us and using that, to, I guess, to like, I guess, further sharpen their kind of climate efforts. Okay, that's terrific. Um, thanks very much for um, keeping us up to date on what's going on with Microsoft and AI and Telstra. And uh, have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, Graham. And that's it for Comms Day Live this week. We'll see you again soon.